Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris and Jake is not here, but I've got a special treat for you guys, especially the listeners on Spotify who don't have the whole archive. As most of you know, HBO, or maybe you don't know, HBO is going to be doing a series on the Dale car. So I wanted to revisit our three episodes on the Dale car and really give you guys our perspective on what was one of the most uh, incredible, uh, incredible schemes of all time. So I hope you enjoy this. We're going to release one today, one Friday, and then we're going to have another one come out on Monday. It's a three-part series. Here's part one of three of the Dale car. Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And this is episode 36. 30 something. Do, do we need to keep counting? Like at what point can we just say, and we're back? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be, this is episode 1,300, 900, yeah. I wonder how many years from now that is. That's a lot of episodes. We are here for, are we still calling them quick shifts? Nah, this is just our midweek episode. All right, this is our midweek episode. And I know you have something cool to share. I do. So this is going to be something that's going to take a few episodes because I have a feeling that I haven't kind of gotten through all of the segments that we're going to have to do to cover the story. Okay. But I did one with kind of a hook at the end. And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how people to see if they like it. Do you still um, have it on your computer? Well, I printed it now. <laughs> it sucks is I, I did all this work getting it ready for today. And then I went to pull it up today and it was gone. Like half of it was gone. All the work was gone, which is weird because it was on Google Drive. And usually that stuff just sticks around. You would think, hopefully. So this is now going to be like a, a mini series. A little bit. A very mini series. the first mini series. The, the first mini series <laughs> that we're going to have. Um, and this actually, the story came from. Jess is the one that kind of led Your my wife. wife, Jess. Yeah, she led me on to this uh, story. All right, I'm excited. All right, so imagine being a driver enthusiast. The year's like 1970. 69, 70, somewhere in there. Right the, at my 911. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got it. Um, in the mindset. Except for most cars actually had 500 cubic inches versus, I know. you know, <laughs> however many cubic inches that thing is. So we're talking American muscle. Talking American muscle, in a way. Um Actually, no. We're okay. talking about the complete opposite of that. But I'm trying to give a feeling of the air. Every, the cars are the engines are huge. Yep. You 1970. Got these land yachts. The, the gas crisis hasn't really kicked in yet. Yep. So it's the muscle car. The war. warning signs were there, um, but no one seemed to really care. But in 1973, as we talked about in another episode, the Middle Eastern leverage uh, started to show its strength. And as OPEC. Far as OPEC. Yep. OPEC placed an oil embargo in the United States. Um, after the sanctions, the price of gasoline increased 37% at that time. Yeah, significant. Right. So there's a, uh, um, basically, it's like everybody that had like a Boss 402 or a Mustang or a Chevelle was like. Just these huge, big blocks. Fuck. You yeah. Know? I wonder if the market on those cars just like tanked. It was like impossible to buy. Well, it certainly increased the market for small cars. Right. That's when all these little economy hatches came out. Right. That's that's absolutely true. Um, so it's basically where, you know, locking gas caps came from. The gas pumps were locked as well. Like you couldn't wow. get gas. I mean, if they even if they had gas, they had locks on the gas pump that you had to like go get an attendant to come out and like take the lock off the pump so you could crazy. put gas in your car. And then some places just had no gas at all. Right. Um, so you always see the photos of the era of like no gas uh, in front of a station and people are just lined up down the street. Right. Yeah. That, that's exactly what it was. I can't imagine that. I can't either. Especially think about getting seven miles per gallon. So you had to <laughs> fill up your car and then at whatever, at a 37% increase. And then it was just, the gas was gone. I mean, you yeah. just used it all in like five minutes. You know, it's just. Whenever everyone just rode motorcycles then, that's what I would do. Yes, that is what we're going to get into a little bit. Oh, a little okay. Bit. Um, so enter Dale Clift. 
So he was a really talented engineer. He worked for a company called uh, Lighten, which was involved in a lot of military projects. Um, Dale, uh, he loved boats. He was a, he was a motorcycle guy. Okay. Um, he did a lot of water skiing. He did a lot of research on all the things that he liked. So everything that he had, he couldn't really leave it alone. Okay. So he had like a like a little probably like a sixteen foot boat from what I could see, and he like modified the hull to try to get it to go faster to pull skiers. <laughs> and there's pictures of him like standing on chairs that are attached to skis and like doing kind of weird shit. Um, he uh, built his own engine for the boat. Did like you know, pumper carburetors on the thing when it wasn't supposed yep. to have them. Um, he had a Mustang Mach 1 at the time. Uh, he did all kinds of stuff with True Stroke bikes. He put like a um, a supercharger on it off of, I can't remember what, this is one of the things that I lost. It's just gone. Oh. But he put a like, supercharger on like a little Honda Trail or something like that okay. and ran it off the crank. And it didn't actually go faster because the, the parasitic uh, energy loss, loss of, was more. Yep. But he just did like all this kinds of crazy shit and broke everything. And, <laughs> I mean, he was a really cool engineer that had a lot of great ideas to how to make things more fun. Right. But once the gas crisis came around, you know, he had a Mustang Mach 1. He's like, well, shit, I can't. I can't drive that, right? Because it's cost right. a million dollars. So he started driving his motorcycle to and from work, which was like 10 miles. Okay. And Do we know what kind of bike it was? Uh, he had a myriad of different bikes. Okay. I couldn't, I have no idea which one he was driving around at the time, but he had a lot of different stuff. Okay. Um, so every once in a while it would rain. Right. So he wanted to figure out a way where he could still ride his bike in the rain. Um, okay. So um, I have a, there's a book that was written about this. So I'm going to read a couple segments out of the book. Um, from a first-person perspective of this guy's buddy. Oh, All right, so okay. this is this is Dale's buddy, Richard Smith. Um, with, gas, with gas prices hitting 75 cents a gallon, Dale was wondering how he could ride his bike to work in the rain while being properly dressed for work. As an engineer at a military company, I'm guessing yeah, he in 1970, yep. he had a suit and tie, right? Can't get wet. No. Well, you could, but you'd look like an idiot when you showed up. Right. To solve his problem, Dale decided on a three-wheeled vehicle. The vehicle would be powered by his motorcycle. He could ride his motorcycle in good weather and power his three-wheeler in bad. The front wheel of his bike would be removed, and the rest of the bike attached to the rear of an enclosure with two front wheels, thus an all-weather three-wheeler. Okay. And being the guy that, like, did the hole on his boat, modified his engine, put a supercharger in, he went for it, right? I mean, he yeah. – um, so he built the car. So he built, like, a little three-wheel motorcycle vehicle, thing. we'll call it at this point. A vehicle, <laughs> right. It was loosely a vehicle. So it had half-inch braised conduit frame. Okay. was the frame of this thing. Yep. Um, it had a windshield from a Corvair, um, and the frame was covered in metallic Naga hide. And what the hell is Naga hide, you ask? So I had to look this up because I didn't know what I've Naga hide was. It. It's an artificial material designed to resemble leather right. made from fabric coated with rubber or vinyl resin. So it's just like this. It's pleather. I think so, or but vinyl. But, but if it has re vinyl resin in it, it might be stiffer. Sure. So I don't know if it's something you wrap with. Did it you say then, it was metallic covered though? Yeah, metallic nogahide. Okay. So there's no pictures of this vehicle anywhere. <laughs> it does not exist. I looked. There's nothing. Um, the engine was from a 300, 305 Honda Superhawk. The brakes were motorcycle, but a cable was converted. Excuse me. To be used with a pedal. Um, the front suspension and the left. And right forks were from a motorcycle. Okay. Um, basically, all the moving parts were motorcycle. Right. Um, the thing was apparently scary. Yeah. Especially at like highway speeds, it was scary. So we drove it uh, to and from work. His buddy, um, Richard, that wrote this book, rode in it a few times. His wife rode in it a few times. Um, it was really unnerving at high speeds. Exhaust fumes were like in the cabin. Uh. Um, so it drove back and forth to work a bunch of times, and Dale was inspired. Um, unfortunately, this was the only vehicle Dale. Uh, was 
was involved with that ever became a true functioning car and the only one that would ever drive. So um, here's another little excerpt from the book. And uh, I just want to give credit where credit's due and let you guys know when I'm reading from this from this guy's book. Sure. Um, Dale's three-wheeler was no small hit around town because it was unusual. Nobody had ever seen a vehicle like it. It's 1970, right? There, there's not like... Do we know where this was? California. Okay. So this is Ventura Boulevard, California. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like Mecca, right? Right. For many months, the strange little car was seen around town, especially in the area where Dale lived, which was one block south of Ventura Boulevard. All this set the stage for an interesting evening as Dale and his wife enjoyed dinner at a restaurant on Ventura Boulevard. During dinner, they were approached by a person who struck up a conversation about Dale's three-wheeled car. The person informed Dale that he could put, that he could put him in touch with someone who might be interested in producing a three-wheeled car. It is my belief that this was not a chance encounter, but rather a setup. It opened what was to become one of the most highly structured scams involving automobiles in history. <laughs> All right, so... Um, that's where I'll kind of leave the story for now. That's so our hook. That's our hook. There's a lot more story to go. I can and imagine. And it's really interesting. Um, but I, I wanted to find out what kind of happened to that original prototype, right? Okay. Um, and uh, Richard says, as the 70s came to a close, Dale and his wife were preparing to move to, uh, to the San Fernando Valley. Mm-hmm. Not willing to take the car with him, Dale asked if I would like to take the car. He had not been storing it in the next door neighbor's garage, or he had been storing it in the next door neighbor's garage. So I went next door to take a look at it. It was a pathetic-looking machine with much of the naga hide rotted off and the thick coat of dust on it. At the time, I could not see any use I would have for it and considered that it would only be in my way. That was the last time I ever saw that car, and I have no idea what became of it. That's kind of sad. It is sad. So, yeah, that's that's where we're going to leave it. So okay. uh, we're going to leave it with it becoming the most highly structured scam involving automobiles in history. <laughs> So it was crazy that I'd never heard this story before, and right. it's and it's really good. So I hope everybody uh, is hooked, and you can, you know, stick with us. Will we recognize the story at all, or any part of this, or no. the vehicle? No, no. Y- you might recognize the vehicle once we get there, but if you haven't thought about it now, you're not going to think about it later. I mean, you won't. You if you don't know what I'm talking about already, you'll have no idea. I mean, there is a three wheeler that comes to mind. There's two of them, but what are they? Well, the Peel P50. Yep. It's not it has nothing okay. to do with the peel, yeah. Because that I think that's Top Gear was saying that's the smallest car that's ever been produced. Well, yeah, it fit into a BBC elevator, right? right. I mean, he, I remember seeing Joel. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, he was Joel. going. He was going down the uh, the cubicle. Yeah, little yeah, hallways. just polluting the hell out of that office. A too Everybody cycle. went home early that day. I bet. <laughs> and then the other one, I don't even know the name of it. It's I, the Robin. Well, there's the Reliant Robin. Yeah. But there's also one that I can vaguely remember seeing that I think was American in this period, but it was the front wheel was the the single wheel and yep. two out back, and it was kind of the wedge shape, and I don't know the name of it. Yeah, that's similar to what this shape is. So, okay. yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll get there. And uh, I'm excited to hear about this. So we have to wait until next week you, to hear the rest of it? You have to wait until next week to hear the rest. Oh, well, the, the next section of this story. Okay. So I had it a little bit longer when I had written it originally. Yeah. But I got screwed. So no, that's fine. Um, I think we got the original just apart. You know, great engineer makes awesome thing. Yeah. So that's interesting. So seventies out in California and midst the gas crunch. That's it's it's interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to hear the rest. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll get you guys back on the road to whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll see you. Actually, we're going to be at back to the eighties. We are on uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Um, we're not broadcasting from there, but we really encourage you guys to come out and support a you know the local show here. Um, and support your 80s vibe. I guess there's costume contests. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so we'll see. Are you, are you planning on dressing up? No. 
<laughs> no, not, a, not unless you consider an Overcrest t-shirt dressing up. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll dress up then as well. Please. Yeah, go for in it. In an Overcrest t-shirt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so come see us there, and we'd, we'd love to see you. We've got, we're going to have a, a couple of cool cars. If I can get my car done, I'll have my car there. It's not 80s. I know, but they insist on me bringing it. So it's, oh, yeah, the guys that run it insist. I'm like, hey, doesn't have impact bumpers. Doesn't have the right, well, it does have the right, right engine. But I'm like, from an 80s car. From an 80s I guess. car. Hey, yeah. there you go. I can say it's got an, an engine from the 80s. Yeah. But I've got so much work to do on it. I mean, I I just, it's a little overwhelming what I've got ahead of me in the next few days. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So again, this is uh, June 16th at the Burnsville Center uh, in Burnsville, Minnesota. That's so right. We will hopefully see you then. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Yep. Take care, guys.